free tote bag and I'm Audrey. I'm Donovan. That's all I had. That's the whole intro. That's what it was in my heart. You would built it up as if you were workshop. You're like, what am I going to do as the intro? What's it going to be? Nothing came to me. <laughs> I apologize for, for building up something that just was a very standard. But I think I sold it pretty well. I think it was an all right. I think I did okay. Absolutely. Our good old standby, just saying the name loudly and increasing in volume, <laughs> it gets the people excited. And we're excited because we've got Aaron Thorpe back with us this week. Welcome back, Aaron. Yo, thanks for having me back, guys. It's a, it's a pleasure to be talking to you guys again. I really enjoyed the uh, the first ep I did with you guys. It was one of the best uh, podcast appearances I've ever done, so I'm, I'm hyped to be My back. Goodness. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, that makes us happy to hear. Hell yeah. Love to hear guests having a good time as opposed to being like, man, that guy with the mustache. Fuck that guy. This show is terrible. <laughs> well, you know, man, like uh, like a lot of the stuff that I'd like would go on is um, my own podcast is like, you know, heavily into theory and, you know, news and shit. And like, I don't know, it gets very taxing, you know, not just like mentally, yeah. but emotionally. So it's nice to kind of just like, and I'm sure maybe the questions that people will ask me may be political in nature. Of course, that's fine. But like, I don't have to sit there and read a fucking book and talk about it. You know, it's nice right. to unwind, you know, <laughs> we aim to be a lower key time uh, <laughs> because the stress of doing that, reading a book and speaking on it every week would probably destroy my brain. Yeah, yeah. I, would, oh. I would buckle under the pressure for sure. Oh, I'm no, I have before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we asked you last time, Aaron, about embarrassing dating and relationship story, the, the standard news stuff. But maybe we get an update, a new question. I'm liking to call, how's your dating life going? What's been, what's oh, been going God. on? Personal Man. time. Man, all right. Without, uh, without sharing too much, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's uh, not been going great. Oh, uh, no. Well, all right. Well, I... I got I had got into a relationship um, with this girl uh, after I got out of the hospital uh, a year ago, um, and actually I was leaving her house the night that I got into the accident, the car accident. If oh. Folks remember, in uh, November, I think late November, I got in a car accident, and um, I was in the hospital for a couple of weeks. And um, I was leaving this girl's house, going home, and that's when I got in the accident. So, kind of that experience you know and her being worried about me and you know feeling guilty you know that i had left her house and not slept over even though this was obviously not her fault at all yeah, right. um, but it, you know kind of brought us close together so we started dating and um she wanted an open relationship um at first which um i'm completely open to now but i wasn't comfortable with it um then of course i end up having falling um for somebody else and oh, no. um, I have to, I, I go back to my girlfriend and I tell her she's cool with it. But what ensued was a bunch of drama and contentious mm -hmm. feelings and being pulled in one direction and another. And I didn't make some of the best choices about being honest. Um, so me and that girl aren't together. And um, the other person um, that I had developed a crush on, I guess we're taking a break right now or not cool because they uh. have a partner. You know, they ended up getting with someone. So that is to say that a very, very confusing um, and very, I wouldn't say lonely. Like, I just like, you know, I just like kind of, you know, you miss being with somebody, you know, yeah. like laying down with somebody at night. And now it's like uh, it's me um, like sitting at a bar, um, you know, on my like fifth PBR and like probably like third Jameson. It's kind of like, you know, with the. Uh, with the like lazy eyed, like kind of fucking looking and like leering around. Not in anybody to be fucking weird, but just like, I just need human contact. Anyone talk to me. But then the minute they come talk to me, I'm like, yo, leave me alone, actually. I don't want to fuck around. Right. Yeah. right. So uh, it's not been going great, but uh, you know, I mean, it is what it is, you know. If you were to ask me that question, how's your dating life going? I would say I ate 15 wings and an enormous pile of French fries for dinner tonight. That's what I did. And I had a cheesesteak for lunch. So that's how my dating life is yeah. of late. Yeah, it sounds uh, like a good situation. It sounds like you're having lots of dates with delicious foods. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just treating yourself. Uh, over had the a similar. Sink. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Over the sink. Over the sink. Yeah. <laughs> I had a similar dynamic with um when I wasn't hanging out with um, my ex anymore. Um, and this other person that what's even funnier is the other person that I fell for. Um, they don't even live in the same state, right? Mm. Uh, um, so, um. 
for a minute we weren't talking um and i was you know broken up with my ex and i was just home and i said i'm gonna watch i'm gonna find a tv show to watch you know um i had gotten off of watching bojack horseman like a month or two before and it completely just fucking i binged it and it just shattered me and sent me into like a psychotic <laughs> depressive mode for like weeks so i was like man i can't even watch something with real people in it you know i have to watch something that's just as right. colorful but not fucking sad so i started yeah. getting into the simpsons nice. and that was as you were saying audrey like that relationship with food for me that was like the Simpsons, right? And weed. <laughs> I started from the first season and now I'm oh, up to no. like season 30. And like, oh. that, was, yeah, that was my, that was my romantic life. My, <laughs> my romance was with a fucking like pastel colored, you know, fucking show with like absurd characters. So, uh, you know, that's what I was doing. I mean, <laughs> Professor Frank can fucking get it. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, yo, some, clap them cheeks indeed, man. They got some hugs on there <laughs> with the power of science. No, I feel that, though, when you have, like, a lot of, uh, at least for me, like, a lot of relationship stuff going on that's not going ideally or, like, a lot of stuff where I'm in my head being like, oh, fuck, I hope this works out. Or, like, what's this person feeling? Is there any potential with this or whatever? I get that same thing where I'm kind of like, I just want to put on something that is not going to trigger big, strong emotions because I'm already feeling that all goddamn day. Like, I just want something to chill on. Exactly. In the meantime, I feel that. It's it, it's tough, though, because, like, on the one hand, that'll help, but mm. I have to kind of watch myself that I don't go too far in that direction. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, because you become a hermit, right? Yes. Like, I just stay home, you know, <laughs> don't shower for, like, fucking three days. You know what I'm saying? Just stewing my own fucking filth. My room looks like shit. I feel like yeah. I'm living in a college dorm. And then, you know, like, I open up my blinds, and I'm like, ah, you know, the light, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, man, I got to, like, fucking leave. So, yeah, there's a... There's definitely that, but I mean, I guess the upside is that, um, like, I, I like, I do like people, you know, and I like mm -hmm. meeting people and it doesn't always have to be a romantic relationship. And I think more than anything, you know, everybody just wants, especially after the two years of COVID that we've been going through and, you know, still raging on, people just kind of want to feel like some human contact, you know? So it's like, I do like people and like, I can go out by myself and have a good time by myself meeting other people. And it doesn't have, have to have any strings attached, you know, or anything like that. So uh, kind of coming out of that uh, Simpsons hole. Now I just got into succession. So uh, which is not as, as binge worthy. So that won't keep me trapped in the house, hopefully. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when like the the messiness like starts to pile up and stuff. And you're like, fuck, I need to go outside. It gets like <laughs> yeah. harder because you're like, well, first I need to like get the stains off of me, <laughs> fix my fucking hair. Yeah, clear a path to the front door. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Hard. Like I'm like Indiana Jones, like when he's like whacking down <laughs> ferns, but instead of just like kicking over piles of clothes and garbage and shit like that, and pizza boxes and beer cans and shit, man. Like stepping down off of my bed and hearing the crunch of aluminum can. Like what the fuck, man? Yeah, gotta get your shit together, bro. It's that, but yeah, yeah. You're like a specialized machete for cutting through household detritus. Exactly. Yeah, that's a Kickstarter. Right? idea i'm gonna write that down There's yeah lots yo, of people exactly. in this situation speaking of ideas donovan didn't you have something you wanted to share didn't you have an idea that you wanted to share with the people it's very dumb and i need to put it up to y'all's consideration because it's been haunting my brain you know the jackbox games mm -hmm. the party pack no. aaron you ever heard of this one no uh -uh. it's one's it's like a game that you run on like a computer or the tv and like everybody can sign in on their phone and it'll be like oh okay i know exactly what you're talking about yeah like yeah, fill yeah. in the blank kind of like make it funny sort of situation fun party yeah. games there's all kinds of different ones there's one where you have to draw shit on t-shirts and right. i am the worst drawer in the world i <laughs> okay. truly cannot fucking like convey the most basic information in a drawing it's a big <laughs> problem but so i was playing this with some friends uh, a couple months ago and so I just wrote, this shirt gave me head on the shirt. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you're laughing because I've been struggling internally for months being like, this is still sticking in my brain. This yeah. is hilarious. I'm laughing. But on the other hand, you can't like bring a Jackbox joke out. Usually it's only good in the context. Yeah, it's not context, funny on exactly. itself. But I think the idea of walking around with a shirt, you know, and then people are like, how how would that work? How, well, what is, maybe they would be like, "Hey, I'll give you head because you're wearing that shirt." 
Man, it's, you know, it's like the secret, man. It's all about like your self-actualization, you know. Manifesting head in your life. And manifesting, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it gets people asking questions, it gets people looking for new relationships. And I think that fits this show. Audrey, yay or nay on this shirt gave me head. Oh, it's it's an interesting question. Um, wow. Okay. Okay, it's all over. <laughs> Audrey's like, mm, no, we're, we're, like we're shirt. How would the shirt do that? Like, and that's the joke. Yeah. But well, is that the strong only enough? Half it of did... the battle. The shirt's mm. only half of the battle. The rest is up to you. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a special kind of person, a strong kind of person to wear that kind of shirt. <laughs> I may not be, I may not be the kind of person to wear that shirt. It may not be me. It's like a sword in the stone type of situation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> or like Thor's hammer. Like, I don't fucking know. If you can handle the power of the shirt, you you wear it around. But then people are like, wait, I want to get head from a shirt. How does this work? How'd you get head from that shirt? And you're like, all you got to do is go to RFTB.me and listen to the program and you'll learn. And then people will go through our backlog of almost 200 episodes and never find any answers. I think that's pretty great. They'll incidentally become fans of the show by just wanting a shirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nice. Shirt fans is a demographic we haven't ta- tapped into as well as we can. <laughs> You're we missing out, man. You're missing out. I think we should do the grippy tippy shirt from Halloween. That's pretty good too. I came up with the term grippy tippy uh, in a fit of confusion because we're talking about hand jobs, and I wanted to say sloppy toppy because it's the funniest term. <laughs> That's how I came like up a with kids. For some reason, it just—I mean, it's not a kid's fucking term, sloppy toppy, but it just sounds like a whimsical, like sloppy toppy. Like, yeah. you know what I mean, it just sounds weird. It's just a little grippy tippy. It's just a fun little time. And then I have like a hat, a hand diagram on it. That'd be great. Yeah. Vote now in the polls or something, listener. Respond in the question box if either of these are good ideas. Please tell us. <laughs> I'll make it happen. The shirt gave me grippy tippy. <laughs> the shirt they gave me grippy them. tippy. Combine them. There we fucking go. It's like even more get, baffling. It's like when you get those shirts that, uh, you know, like, I don't know, I was at Niagara Falls or like I rode mm. this like amusement, yeah. crazy amusement park ride, you know? It's a token of your bravery and courage, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to help you sell it. I'm trying to help you sell it. <laughs> You're killing it. I very much appreciate it. I look forward to having a hundred messages in the question box after this, clamoring for this, these lovely shirts. For these brilliant pieces of merchandise. <laughs> well, speaking of the question box, huh? how about that transition right there? Speaking of the question box, we have a whole bunch of questions from you, the listener. What if we went and answered them? Audrey, it's time for the question box. Asking all them questions, asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions, making statements? Uh, who? Asking all them questions, asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions, making statements? Uh, who? <laughs> 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 it's the question box. Oh, what's that, you ask? I've I've heard of grippy tippy, but a question box? What the fuck is that? <laughs> Let me fill you in here. It's the segment of the show where we answer the questions that you send in. How do you do that? Head on over to our social media at RFTBpod on Twitter, at Radio Free Topic on Instagram. They're not the same. It's very confusing. But in either one, you can find a link and you can ask your questions anonymously. And this week we have so many, so many very good questions. Audrey, you want to... Take your pick of the of the box we have in front of us. I would like to rub my stash against Donovan's, like in a kissing way. Donovan How do you get over fear of intimacy? Is that is that a question? It is. Oh, I would shit. like to. I would like to rub you my had stash. Me looking against at Donovan. Donovan's mustache, I was like, "Yo, that's a really nice fucking mustache, man." <laughs> oh, but, thank um, you. Like in a kissing way. And then question asker asks, how do you get over a fear of romantic intimacy? It has been close to seven years since my last relationship, and I have really bad agoraphobia due to the pandemic. Okay, so the question is, how do you get over a fear of intimacy? Yes. Um, After seven years since the last relationship, and you've been fantasizing about mushing stashes together, and I understand that. Seven years, that's a long time. I've had a long stretch of being single, too. You know, it can be frustrating. 
and it, then on top of that, spending all this time inside and like being out of the dating game, that's kind of a, that is a tough spot to be in. So yeah, yeah. off the bat, just like we feel this, I have been there. I'm sure y'all have been there in some capacity oh, yeah. of being definitely, single definitely. and out of the game and just feeling kind of out of it and having trouble getting back into it. Uh, what kind of tips do we have for this? I, I mean, I'm not, I don't know if I'm, I mean, none of us are probably the best people, not us specifically, but it's a hard question to answer, I think for anyone. But, um, I was just thinking, I think maybe one of the easiest things to do is like, um, trying to meet people through, um, interests that you have, that things that you're interested in, you know, people with similar interests. I think that's like easier to break the ice, you know, I mean, like, I don't know. I guess like when I first moved here, um, it wasn't necessarily getting out of a relationship and um, having a hard time meeting people, but moving to a new city and trying to make new friends. Right. And um, for me, it was like organizing. Right. Um, but for, you know, for anybody, it could be any hobby, any interest that you have and trying to because like, you know, fortunately on social media, Facebook and you know Twitter, Instagram, it's easy to find events and things to go to, you know, so um, uh, although it can be scary you know, um, going outside and just dealing with people, yeah. right? Especially after something like that. Um, maybe it's a little bit easier if you do, if you do it along the lines of, again, like interest or like even a comedy show, man. Like I went to a comedy show by myself last week. And I mean, that's an environment where I didn't know anybody, but because we're all paying attention to the same thing and laughing, right? It's very easy to make friends with people, you know? Hmm. Right. So, I mean, that's advice that I would give, but I mean, I still fucking suck at it anyway, so... Take it with a grain of salt, you know, because <laughs> it could still be hard to do. But I, I like that because it gives it like a clear way to start a conversation too. Exactly. Like you're coming to this after seven years, it can be hard to remember how to fucking like go up to somebody yeah. and tell them you're interested without telling them you're interested and get a conversation going. Yeah. But yeah, a lot, a lot of easier if you could just be like, "How about that show was fucking great? What'd you think about that? Have you seen this guy before?" Etc. Hey, I remember, like your T-shirt. Uh, how does a T-shirt the... give you head? That doesn't. Make any sense. <laughs> I was gonna say. Remember when the host said "grippy tippy"? That was so funny. <laughs> but I, but I like that. And then there's also kind of the element to it where, like, if it doesn't work out, you had a good time at a comedy show. You know, if yeah. you didn't meet anybody, yeah. you got to go to a concert or like whatever. Uh, and it's just kind of the more you do that, the more momentum you build up and more comfortable you get with like being outside and exactly. around things again. So exactly, it can be whatever, you know, whatever you're feeling. And I'm sure there's stuff that, you know, there's message boards, communities online for certain like activities, maybe like joining a group and messaging with people on there before doing the in-person stuff. Yeah. It'd be like a way to get your foot in the door a little bit without jumping straight in. If you do sure. have very serious agoraphobia, um, you probably would like to consult a professional in that regard. Like if you if it's to the mm -hmm. point where you're like you get to the threshold of your door and you go, nope, yeah, <laughs> no thanks, yeah, yeah. not for me, uh, then uh, you might need a professional intervention. Um, but uh, you'd have the answer to that. You would know if you needed professional intervention. I think. Yeah, and and I have to say too, like you know, I think oftentimes like. Um, I know that I'm a very self-conscious person. I mean, I know I don't seem like it, but I am. I'm very insecure. And we often think the worst, not just of ourselves, but of other people and their perception of us, you know? Yeah. So I would say that, like, you know, people are really nice, man. And people aren't out there to, like, um, you know, um, denigrate you or, you know, just be yourself. And people are a lot kinder and receptive than you give them credit for. So, um, you know, it's easy for me to say you don't have to be scared, but um, you don't have to be, you know, people are nice. For sure. Yeah. And it could be kind of easy to, you know, conflate that negative self-image and like perception of how other people are thinking about you. Exactly. If you haven't been spending time around people, like you blow it up more and more in your head, you know, as opposed to maybe walk down the street, somebody might say fucking hey, or like compliment your shirt or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So whatever way you can dip your toes into getting back out there, I think is the move. And then if you have access to the treatment and like, this is very, very bad, maybe getting some sort of therapy going or I mean, if you have access to it, I just recommend that to anybody yeah. who's going through anything along these lines, just to be able to talk to somebody else and hear back, like, no, like this is just you overthinking this. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Get a little bit of confirmation. I, I find that can reduce the, the strength of the anxious thoughts a little bit. Um, uh, 
But good luck with this, because a lot of people are going through this too. So just know you're not alone with this thing, and uh, just do your best to to keep moving. It'll get it'll get easier, you know, once you kind of get over that initial getting out there. I think. Oh yeah, well, it's like you know, just like kind of flexing and reworking a muscle, you know. Yeah. Like yeah, the more yeah. you do it, you know what I mean, the easier that it gets. You know. I like that. Yeah. All right, here's what we have next. Hi, RFTB lovers. Mm-hmm. Hello. I guess that's us. I I do love this show. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and I am the show. I guess I just found self love here. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I am at a crossroads in my life and I need to crowdsource some advice. I am miserable at school and can feel everything I love about life slipping through my fingers. On the one hand, the literal one who got away is in San Diego right now and we still love each other very much. Do I stick it through school and get my master's or do I drop it and go see her? What do we think? Is there a way to do both? Can you like... Can you like go and have spend some time? Because you know, master's programs like a professional sort of you know uh, program, right? So you get there's significant time away from the program. Uh, you get you get winter breaks in winter break like coming up. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, just stick it out till winter break and then plan on uh, getting out to San Diego for you know a week. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, the, I'm curious about this, the literal one who got away, right? And kind of like what the situation was with this. Like, was this something where they were dating and they had to move and you had to stick around for school and like, yeah. that's why it didn't work out? Or is this something that like, it already kind of wasn't working out and then they moved and it's like, you got to rekindle this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I have trouble saying, like, go all the way out there to see this person if it's like, and, and drop what you're doing now if that isn't a sure thing. But then on the other hand, like, if school is not resonating with you, if doing this master's program mm-hmm. isn't resonating for you, there's nothing wrong with cutting your losses and, and mm. dropping out of that. But that is, you know, it really depends kind of on where you put more value and like what the situation is with each one. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I dropped out of school. Um, and it wasn't because, you know, I wanted to pursue like a relationship with someone. It's just because like, I don't know, it just wasn't for me. But um, I think that, you know, if you've already if you're in a master's program and you've embarked on that academic journey, um, you know, you've made a lot of sacrifice. And it's, you know, maybe assess like if you're unhappy with doing that, maybe assess, is this really what I want to do? Because as mm-hmm. you were saying, Donovan, like maybe then it'd be better to cut your losses and like, you know, go go be with this person, but then you also have to assess the relationship with this person. What do you mean by this is the one that got away? Is this something that you would have to rekindle um, where, you know, you would have left school and been out in San Diego and like, maybe you don't have any money or a job and now <laughs> you've showed up. And, and again, I don't know the situation, you know, yeah. um, but also too, as Audrey was saying, like, maybe you can do both. Like, what is it about school that's making you unhappy, you know? as well maybe is that is that something that i don't know you can i don't know i'm very also i'm trying to be as i'm trying to be as a level as possible because i fucking hate hated school i want to go back sometimes i want to go back so and i'm always when people are like yeah i'm thinking about dropping out i'm usually like yes motherfucker do it but (laughs) you know uh yeah maybe maybe assess like what is it what is it about like uh you know this master's program at school that's making you like miserable do you feel like you won't be able to like achieve the goals that you want, like further along down the line. Are you just unhappy with it? Um, yeah. So it's a lot of kind of like sitting back and kind of thinking about like, what would really be worth it? You know, what would I be sacrificing if I was to kind of upend my life now and go after this person who may or may not feel the same way. So you gotta be sure about that too. You know, exactly. It might be one of those situations where it's worth literally writing these things down in two columns and kind of looking at the things in front of you. (laughs) Because I'm somebody that that sort of thing helps where a hard decision like this, where there's like all these elements to consider, it could could just kind of get frazzling. And it's like you just kind of get paralyzed and overwhelmed and I don't fucking know. And that's (laughs) not that's not good at all, obviously. Uh, So maybe like really taking the time to think through what the benefits to each one's one of these Mm -hmm. are, what the risks are with them. Just kind of having the things in front of you might make it a little bit easier. 
Um, yeah. I mean, if you do get the masters based on what I see out of job postings, you can get upwards of $12 an hour in this job market. <laughs> wow. You can get a job at McDonald's or yeah. Walmart maybe. Fuck. <laughs> but Dude, I do want to mention though, really- and I do want to reiterate too, like, you know, like, please make sure that this is what this other person wants. Because yeah. I mean, we're yeah. hearing this from just one point of view. Um, and I do not, you know, the person that wrote that question, I don't know. I want to be clear that I don't know your situation, but you want to be clear that it's mutual. The feelings are mutual between you and this person, you know, because you don't also, you don't want to, um, you know, jeopardize, um, any opportunities for yourself or, you know, again, upend your life or kind of, you know, intrude upon someone else's life, you know, right? just make sure that you're, you're careful about that, you know? Yeah, definitely don't want a situation like any, even if you are both into each other, but a situation where you go all the way out there, maybe realize it's not quite right, or it's working out and you don't know anybody out there. You don't have yeah. any like friends. That can be kind of a shitty, isolating experience in its own right, even if you're with somebody and put exactly. some weird pressure on the relationship. So yeah. they always I, have an obligation to want to hang out with you or whatnot. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, you know, people got to do their own thing sometimes. And that's okay. It just sucks when your partner has stuff to do and you're like, I'm in a new city. I don't know what the yeah. fuck to do. I'm just going to sit own. on the couch all day in the apartment <laughs> by myself and watch The Simpsons and smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> the dream. I fucking feel it, too. Uh, I hope that helped, though, listener. And I hope you're able to figure this out because I, I know that feeling kind of being split between two things like this and it's i don't know it, it can be scary and overwhelming Very. uh but just really do your best to, to take the time and figure out exactly what it is you want down the line and uh you know whatever path that takes you down i think that's going to be i think that's going to be the right move yeah well good luck to you yeah good yeah. luck all right audrey what else we got hey folks You all look very presentable and professional and have kind eyes and a smile that could break my heart. Oh, shucks. (laughs) Uh, My ex recently passed away and I feel extremely weird. We lived together for two years and loved each other the whole time. It ended poorly between us and that will always be a lingering hole in my heart. I was wondering if you folks had any advice because I want to and don't want to go to the funeral. Should I go? Hmm. That's a that's a that's a deep one. That's a heavy one. My initial take on it is if you go to the funeral and it's weird and it's awkward and it's painful and it's hard, you can leave. But if you don't go to the funeral, you will have spent your entire life not have gone to the funeral and may think yeah. back on that and be like, fuck, I you get you only get one chance to go to the funeral. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh I mean, I think the whole point with funerals is that um, it's about closure, mm-hmm. right? And, um, you know, like you were saying, Audrey, if you if you don't go, then that is always that open-ended question, or not even question, it's just that kind of maybe pain, regret, you know, that you have. Um, and it, I mean, it might be difficult to go, but I think that, again, funerals are meant to kind of close a chapter out, you know? And I think that maybe you need that kind of closure, um, especially if you've, you know, the relationship ended badly, yet you loved each other for two years. Maybe maybe this will provide you with the closure you need. So I would say go. Um, And if it gets too difficult for you, gets too emotional, you can always leave. I don't think anybody would fault you for that. Yeah. Yeah. And just thinking at funerals I've been to as well, it's not so much like... I don't know, you got to go in and, and sit through a full mass or like ceremony yeah. or something to such an extent. Like you could just go to the viewing, test yeah. the test the waters from there and see how you're feeling. Yeah. Uh, but I feel what you're saying, Aaron and Audrey, about kind of not, uh, you know, you don't want to go through your life with that that guilt. Um, but just the process of, of going there and maybe, you know, if you had anybody in common or you were close to the parents to any extent mm-hmm, yeah. or anything... I, uh, I've had, I've lost a couple friends over my life and no, uh, you know, romantic people. I imagine this is like to a completely different degree and you spend all this time together. Uh, but I found, you know, e- even though it can be like a stressful and really fucking emotional experience, obviously going to it, but just going and even saying a couple words to like my friend's parents or whatever. And also mm-hmm. for them, like being like, Hey, yeah. you know, you're, 
your son had an impact on me. Yeah, you know, yeah, this, yeah. this person, and even though it didn't end well, it doesn't, you know, negate all of the positive experiences you had together. And the fact that you spent two years of your life together, you know, that's a, that's an impact on your life there. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely think worth going as well. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I'd say that like, you know, um, you know, you love that person for two years and, um, you know, their family, you know, love them for their entire lives, you know, and that kind of like grief that they must have. And like that kind of, you know, you both love the same person, sure, in varying degrees, but still love that person. And I think like, you know, showing up, I think Donovan, that's a really good point, kind of showing up and like being there for the family, you know, for this person whom you both loved, albeit in different ways. I think that's that's important. And I think it's it's kind and generous to do that if you have the emotional capacity to do so. Yeah. 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 And that is uh, the important caveat there, just that if if you are completely overwhelmed and like paralyzed by this, you know, it isn't the end of the world not to go, you know, I don't want to yeah. try to they could say, oh, you will live with guilt for the rest of your life in like yeah, an yeah. ultimatum sense. But yeah. just that is a thing to consider. Uh, but don't put too much pressure on yourself with the situation, yeah. too, because it's a lot of emotions to handle. and You don't need the additional stress. You never know who you're going to run into at a funeral either, because they are like such a, you know, a one time event. Everybody gets one funeral in their in their time on this earth. I'm getting three. Uh, you're getting three. Very cool. Uh, <laughs> it'll draw all kinds of people. You never know who you're going to run into. Like I've, you know, um, I ran into somebody that I met in college at my cousin's funeral. It was really, you know, kind of jarring. They come walking <laughs> through the door. I'm like, what the fuck? Hi. <laughs> um, so yeah, you never know who you might run into, you know, it's just, I think it's just a good thing to do. I think being at the funeral is a good thing to do. That's a really good point, actually, because, you know, I'm talking about funerals being uh, like, you know, these points of closure, but they can also be like new beginnings, right? Or at least mm. like reconnecting people to each other. Yeah. You know, I didn't think about it like that. You're absolutely right. Because when my dad passed, um, I mean, my my uncle from Jamaica, you know, I hadn't seen in a couple of years. My dad's brother, um, you know, came, you know, um, I'm family members that I hadn't seen and like maybe not as long, but because they live in New York, I don't see them as often. Um you know, they came and it was just sort of, um, I mean, obviously we're all mourning, you know, but, um, you know, there were people there that I, I wanted to see and it made that whole process a lot easier, um, than, um, had they not been there, you know? Yeah, for sure. And it helps, like, like I was saying, everybody in this situation to like, uh, take a second, you're talking, you're passing memories of the person back and forth, you know, and, uh, uh, that's, that's always done me a lot of good when losing somebody is, you know, bringing up all the things that you remembered about them and the impact they had on your life. And then hearing about the impact they had on other people's life. I don't know. It's a, it, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Go to that funeral. Yeah. Turn it into a wake. Show up with a fucking 60 rack. We're all white. Play some music. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. And a fifth of Bushmills. Hire a DJ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Make it a celebration. I wish we did that with funerals, man. I wish they were yeah. like, I know that, I mean, in some cultures maybe, or some individuals that decide to go about their funeral that way. But like, I don't know, man, when I die, I don't want people to be like, I mean, people are going to be sad, but mm -hmm. like, we're all white, man. Wear whatever the fuck you want. Like, make it be a celebration of my life instead of grieving about me being gone, you know? Yeah. And share stories and whatnot. And again, yeah. like there's this, there's this upside to it. My grandpa's funeral was along those lines and like it definitely provided that sense of closure, but also like a like a spiritual lift kind of thing. Yeah, just yeah. F funerals are not for the dead; they're for the living, the exactly. people that, that you leave behind. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it should be a thing that's enjoyable for the people who who make it out and make it a celebration of somebody's life. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. Sorry for your loss, though, uh, again, and, and good luck with this. I hope you're able to make it, and uh, I, I hope you, you know, emotionally are, are able to work through this all right, too, because it it's a tough fucking situation. True ass. All right, here's, here's another one. What is your advice about getting gay in your 30s? <laughs> I'm cis man 30. In a poly long-term relationship with a cis woman. Honestly, I'm emotionally exhausted by heterosexual dating, and I've been drawn to dating men. I slept with a man as a teenager once, but it wasn't a great experience. 
Since then, I have thought a lot about dating men, but have only dated women or femmes. I'm nervous about dating men at this age, about explaining that I haven't done this before, really. And I wonder if you have any advice. Thanks, comrades. You know what they say about two guys on a date. You know how it's going to end. <laughs> no, what did they say? <laughs> I mean, yeah. is it the obvious that they're going to Yeah, they're going to Okay, obviously. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought there was like a double entendre there. I thought it was like a, there was like a pun there. Was, no, they're going to no kick pun. back and smoke a joint and play yeah. some Mario Kart. <laughs> that's yeah, what they say. Just be dudes. Just dudes. Have a couple dudes. of beers. <laughs> I think that's what this person means by emotionally exhausted by heterosexual dating. They want a more simple... Like, yeah, we meet up for beers and then we bone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I can respect. I think that's the yeah. thing that uh, I can respect. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't really have the most advice about this as I've, you know, I was masculine presenting for a long time and dated uh, guys while I was that, but it always felt like not right or cool. You know, like it didn't feel mm. as, as how I wanted it to. Mm. Right. And hopefully when I date uh, men, it will make more sense now. Um mm. Now I'm working out shit on the podcast in my just talking Yo, out loud. You and me loud. both. Yeah, right. You yeah, because I, I just uh like I just like came out as like queer as bi, like I guess oh. like a couple weeks ago, you know? And hey, um, congrats. Yeah, yeah congrats. man. Thank you, thank you. And like, you know, I've also had experiences with men but never dated men. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've always been attracted to men. So um, you know, there are a lot of reasons, you know, why I mean, for me personally, I'd be scared, right, of doing that, not only because of um, not, like, knowing. I mean, I, how can I put this? I guess, like, when your heterosexual relationships seem to have, they're very formulized, right? Form, they're for, very formulaic. They mm. make sense to me, right? Because yeah. I've dated, like, you know, women or femme people before, right? I've never dated, like, a mass person, right? Yeah. So I guess it's about, like, okay, well, how does this work like what is it any different or how different is it or is it yeah. not you know what's the script exactly um, yeah, right? Contra and Point talks yeah. about scripts with dating yes. um and yeah we understand the the hetero script uh but what's the what's the gay script exactly um, exactly yeah I mario no... kart and beers that's the script <laughs> <laughs> you know what right? This is what I would do. This is what I plan to do, um, you know, in the future. Um, now that like, I'm like, you know, open and comfortable with my sexuality is just like, I don't know, man, just play it by ear. Mm -hmm. And also just be honest with people. You know, I mean, the first guy that I was with, I was honest that I told him I never did this before, you know, and he was very kind and sweet and nice. And you know, that's like, just mm -hmm. be honest with people. And you're not expected to know the script before like, you do it. You know what I mean? Before you play the role, right. you're not expected to know the script. So just like, it's an improv actually, show. I don't think that works in acting. In acting, you should know the script before you play the role, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Bad analogy. But um, yeah, don't be, don't, you know, don't beat yourself up about it, you know? And, um, and also I know it can be scary because I'm 31, you know, and I just like came out and it's like living like, you know, your whole fucking life and then realizing like, okay, everything I've been taught that I've been kind of like, you know, just swallowing down without any sort of like um, uh, self-awareness or critical analysis. And now I kind of have to like throw all that away or not even throw it away, but really say, OK, I didn't believe any of that shit anyway. You know, mm. it's terrifying right. to be who you want to be. But I don't know. I have no but. <laughs> I have no but. I don't know. <laughs> I'm working this shit out, too. Good fucking luck. You know? <laughs> I think that could be an important thing to remember, though, too, is that everyone who doesn't fit the cis hetero kind of script that surrounds us in society and is kind of drilled into us from for birth everybody has to go through that experience of oh fuck this is a new situation mm -hmm. yeah. how do i kind of navigate this and so mm -hmm. i i think you know dating uh dating other other men uh you're gonna have people who've had a similar experience to some extent yeah. and i think bringing up what you said aaron just kind of going with that and being vulnerable about that mm -hmm. the kind of people you want to be with i think are going to appreciate that and understand that and, and respect that and aren't going to be you know put off by you being new to the thing yeah um, they're going to be patient with you yeah. 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 yeah so i think just kind of take the swing at it really and it's 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 also just like dating in general like most dates aren't going to 
go perfectly or like lead yeah. with the ended up together. Like you kind of just have to get the fucking practice in no matter how you're dating. Yeah. No matter the gender, sexual orientation, it does not fucking matter. There's always yeah. going to be that awkward silence where you're trying to figure out what the fuck do I say to this person? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, exactly. Like, so don't want to uh, check my phone because I want to respect you. So I'm going to put it face right? down oh, and put this no. shit in my pocket. <laughs> I am the fucking worst for that. If there's, if there is a lull on a date, I'll go. Like, oh, wait, me, you know, I'm, very carefully. Man, I'm deeply oh, diseased. I'm on my phone yeah. most of the fucking time, so I gotta throw that shit like in a bush or something, man. <laughs> I stare into the distance, and then a bird flies up or something. I'm like, how about that? How about that bird? You want to talk about that bird? <laughs> do you like birds? It looks like a sparrow. What kind of bird yeah. do you think that is? Yeah, like, oh, you don't like birds? Well, allow me to tell you about my childhood, where I got really into bird watching yeah. for like ten years. Donovan's not on his phone. He's in his autobahn guide. <laughs> It's called a Tufted Tent Mouse. It has the word tent in the name. Is that great? <laughs> yo, How great is that? Yo, so I was, I don't know what kind of tweet I was making the other day, but I like words. And I wanted to use um, a, a, a bird or not a bird, an animal. And yeah. I was thinking of a, a, a mouse and I was like a tent mouse. But then I had to Google it to make sure. And I was like, it's a fucking bird. It's a fucking bird. I don't know bird. why I thought it was a fucking mouse, Joe. Because <laughs> it's a mouse in the name. Obviously, yes, obviously, because it has fucking <laughs> mouse in it, clearly. But like, I mean, usually that's not the way it fucking works, you know? Sure. Would be like tit mouse, no, it would be a bird. That makes sense. But a muskrat is a rodent. Yeah, yeah. A muskrat's a rodent, right? That's right. Yeah. That's true. And it's musky, and it's kind of like a rat, and so a tit mouse would be like a mouse with big old hangers, with big old titties, just <laughs> big a old big titties. fucking titty mouse, just titties dragging while the mouse, like a titties bigger than the mouse dragging <laughs> it's as like it's rolling. trying to along. <laughs> yeah, he's rolling. rolling. He's How did this work under evolution? This makes no sense. Oh. I'm stuck in place, but I got these big double d instead of a rat king it's a tit mouse queen and it's just a ball of just a spooky ball of tits from outer space that's what i'm talking about sounds terrifying (laughs) so talk about birds and talk about birds with tits that's our advice here to start them dates off of good luck out there yeah Can I I add one more thing to that too? Again, reiterate, just don't be hard on yourself too. You know, don't be hard on yourself. That's the, that's the biggest, most important thing. Um, You know, and I don't know, just go with the flow, you know, and good luck. And don't let nobody tell you how gay you are because I've like, I've been with dudes and then we didn't work out and I broke up with them and they're like, you were never gay in the first place. Don't be that Uh, guy. Don't 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 do that to people. That fucking sucks. Uh, Congrats, though. And on the more like positive side, you know, understanding this is like a scary kind of new thing to get into and all the stress from that. I don't know. Be excited about the fact that like this is a new thing you're getting into. Exactly. Add some fucking variety to life. And uh, that's that's good times. I guess I'm saying like, look on look on the positive side of this as well. Yeah. Uh, Just kind of excitement. And who knows what could happen? Grab life. And your date by the balls. By the balls. Fucking go. <laughs> All right, Andrew, you want to grab this next question by the balls? I do. Uh, hey, hello, wonderful hosts. I'm Hi. in a relationship. Hi. I'm in a relationship with a woman who has PTSD due to an abusive relationship in her past. This means that sex is more difficult, and there are some no goes, mostly regarding things that are about me. I'm not giving exact details to not dox myself. Fair enough. I am someone who really cares about others' feelings, and this makes this relationship work, I think, since I put a lot of effort into it. Lately, we have been talking about moving in together, so it's a serious relationship. I am conflicted between caring for her and supporting her with this, but also from time to time getting frustrated because it feels like some needs, some of my needs are not met. Sometimes I look at other women and think that I am missing out on a lot. I've brought this up with her, but this can have a bad effect since this adds pressure to her. Do you have any ideas or advice on how to deal with this? Thanks, and I am wishing you a great one. That's a tough one. Yeah, that's a tough one. I'm, I'm always, with questions that involve, like, you know, if we're talking about PTSD or, you know, um, some sort of mental illness, I'm always hesitant to answer because I mean, I'm not, not only am I not a medical professional, but I'm also not even in the vein of like, even in the 
vein of social work or anything like that, you know? So I don't want to say anything that can come off as callous. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll just, you know, preface this with saying like patience, you know, and communication. I don't know if you guys have anything else, but that's, that's a tough one. Yeah. It's rough with a situation like this. And I have been in something kind of similar, but, but not to this degree. Uh, but it's a tough situation where you're in a relationship. You have some kind of like desire for a sexual aspect to that relationship. And that looks differently for some people. Some people it's like a once a week kind of thing. Some people are trying to do that every day. And like that mismatch can cause issues. And it's especially compounded if like one of those people's preference is due to some terrible shit that happened to them. Yeah. And so it's, you're put in the situation where on the one hand, like you want to look out for your partner and you don't want to put them in a weird situation or, or pressure them because they're trying to work through the thing and you understand that. But on the other hand, like you have that need in, in the relationship and it's a tough thing to navigate because it's like one kind of suffers for the other. You're almost kind of in the situation where you can't address both. You know, uh, and in a situation where like, if you don't understand, you know, how PTSD works or don't have the experience with it, it can be a little bit like walking on eggshells with that yeah. because you, you, you don't want to cause them like any more stress, you know, when they've got that coming from other places. Mm. Um, and this is like kind of a, a hard thing to say, but sometimes though, if you're in a situation like that and you're miserable and you have tried all of the things with the communication, you know, to get this to work out, like sometimes those things just aren't going to match up. Sometimes you don't have the capacity, you know, to kind of be there for them with what yeah. they've gone through on top of your own stuff, you know, and your own needs. Um, yeah. And so I'm not saying this like in this case specifically, oh, just like get the fuck out of there, but just take a step back and kind of evaluate that because it is important to look out for yourself in this kind of situation. And that can come off as like selfish too. And it can be yeah. easy to be like, oh, like I'm just oh, bailing on them for like this reason, but that's not what it's about. It, it's better to get out and let them find the thing that works for them rather than trying to be forcing yourself and like building up resentment and your yeah. needs aren't being met. And it just kind of makes the entire situation worse. Uh, so I just kind of want to put that out there too, that it, it, it's a weird in between hard thing with this. And like, because of that, don't be beating yourself up if you're struggling. Like this is objectively really fucking hard to navigate. That's sure. absolutely the case. Um, I would wonder where they are in their treatment, your partner, um, whether or not this is like actually even in the cards for them. Like if this like if their sexual if their trauma in the past is so deep that they should even be doing this in the first place place because there's mm -hmm. a, there's a certain period of time in my understanding at least that you should just like not you should just like stay away from it and try to you know level out before um engaging with anything uh like this so i would want uh i would want therapy i would want somebody to be uh kind of deep into the into the process before doing this kind of thing and i would wonder like when you came along in relation to the trauma like was this a trauma with an ex-partner and then they broke up with them and went to you and you're sort of like in a rebound catch situation and that's you've become entangled for that reason mm. uh so yeah i i think i'm with donovan that you have to evaluate where your needs are you have to evaluate where her needs are and then figure out if maybe some time apart isn't the isn't the worst idea um yeah that's really yeah. sad to say i hate to see that but it is yeah. it, I, it I, uh, sucks now i'm thinking i had i had one similar um uh, not a similar situation but i had one situation this reminds me of where um i i started talking to this girl who um you know had um had been in an abusive relationship and um i i didn't know that until um the first night that you know i went to her place and um you know the next morning and the next couple of days um and again you know i don't i don't want to i didn't want to be selfish but i realized that i had so much fucking shit that i had to deal with you know mm -hmm. that i didn't want to do her the disservice or harm her anymore by being with her you know mm -hmm. because i right. felt like that i couldn't 
I couldn't handle my own self and that I would be irresponsible in order to try to engage in a relationship and to pursue a relationship with someone else. So again, you know, like you guys are saying, it doesn't mean that you have to dip out on this person. That's not what I'm saying. But again, assess like where this person is in their treatment, where you where you're at, and if this is compatible, because yeah. you don't want to end up, you know, hurting this person even more or yourself, you know, right? Yeah. Like with the current trajectory of things, do you see yourself burning out is kind of the big question. Because yeah. that's like yeah. where you're sitting there, you're putting in all the effort, you're like trying to help, but like sometimes you just don't have the capability to do that. And that's fine. I'm feeling frustrated and it just ends up kind of worse for everybody. And it, yeah. But yeah, it, it is a fine thing. It's just kind of a, it sucks, but you kind of have yeah. to make the, have to make the call on it. Um, I'd I also see- say like you, you brought up, you're talking about almost moving in together. You know, maybe it's not, it doesn't have to be fully like leaving the relationship or something, but if you are hitting that stress point where you don't think there's anything else to be done, maybe just stepping back and being like, Hey, maybe we don't move in together yet. Just slow it down a little bit. You can progress with the treatment, you know, and we kind of see where it goes, uh, to kind of remove the the pressure you're talking about it there at the end. Cause like, if this stuff is bad right now, I think it's going to be a lot worse if you are together, like constantly in the same space and and all of that. I have a, a piece of, of practical advice for um, people with uh, past sexual trauma and uh, engaging in sexual relations with a new person. Uh, use, as the, as the traumatized person, use your new partner's name during sex. Because mm. uh, my understanding is this is, I had a partner who had uh, uh, sexual trauma in her past, and she would use my name because it grounded her in this moment with me as opposed to going back to the previous moment with the previous partner i liked it i I like that that's really good advice i wouldn't i would never consider that it's really good yep i'd uh i'd look too like online and to kind of support communities for ptsd too to see if there's kind of any other advice on specific things like that to be done because like again i don't know i'm I'm kind of assuming you all have reached kind of the end of the rope in terms of trying and it's just not working out but if this is something you're still like i'm just not sure what to do like i'm sure there are options and people who have described their experiences of getting back into sexuality you know after a trauma situation kind of working through that to get back to it and you know i don't know enough details on on what that looks like exactly but Mm -hmm. i'm sure there's kind of ways you could approach sex that would be you know well maybe baby steps kind of or yeah. a little bit less intense uh just anything to reduce the stress on uh, on their side and uh you know reduce the pressure and like the oh i have to do this whole thing right now you know yeah. this is this is too much um but unfortunately a lot of people go through this and luckily there's support communities and that kind of thing online so i'd maybe check out some of that too and and maybe there's advice specific to partners too because i'm yeah. sure that's yeah. the thing a lot of people face yeah. as well like you are I don't know if this is like, um, I mean, again, you know, obviously, you know, professional help is like the first route, you know, that one should take. But, um, yo, man, I will say like Reddit is a good resource for like um, I've for myself personally, at least like Reddit is a good resource for um, mental health issues or personal issues. You know, I mean, take the stuff with a grain of salt, but it is like these communities are like cultivated by people who have genuine problems that they want to like just get advice on, you know, we're not talking yeah. about professional advice, but just not also not to feel so alone, you know? So just, you know, check out forums or communities, you know, that, um, with people that have gone through similar things so that, you know, you can kind of know what, uh, have an idea of what next steps to take, you know, I'd recommend that. Yeah. I like that too, just to have a that reminder of not being alone with it too. Yeah. I, I think yeah. that's such a common thing with mental health stuff and just stressful situations in general it can feel so much extra overwhelming when you're like oh god like no one else you know has has done i have no fucking idea what's going on like it can be very isolating and scary it is still scary but it's not the case that you're alone with this exactly all right audrey did you read that one i read that one all right. Well, I'm wishing a great one to that uh, question asker too, and the best of luck with this situation. And also, just good on you for trying and asking yeah. the questions. Yeah, good and on trying you. Trying to figure luck. this out. That's that's all, all right. you can do. All right, I got one more here. All right. Hey. Hello. Exclamation mark. <laughs> How do I stop stressing about a shitty roommate situation? 
I've oh, done man. all the things I feel I can do, including direct conversations, but he's extremely passive aggressive and enthusiastically agrees to stuff like dishes, cleaning, and not being loud coming back from the bars with groups of people at 4 a.m., etc. And then either doesn't end up doing it or half asses it. I'm being or I'm becoming resigned to the fact that I will be in a shitty roommate situation until my lease ends. But my question is, how do I stop stressing about it? The stress is distracting me from my schoolwork and also not fair to my girlfriend, who I vent to about this almost every day. Thanks, Audrey and Dono and Aaron. <laughs> Thank you, Yo, question I asker, for taking us to the friend zone. Whoa, <laughs> it's the friend zone. Yo, you mind if I lead off with this one? Because I've Please. had this exact Hell experience, yeah. man. Yo, I'm going to tell you right now. Probably not the answer that you want to hear, but I'm going to tell it to you straight. There's no way that you can change a bad roommate into being a good roommate. <laughs> You're going to have to move the fuck out of there, right? Mm -hmm. That's like the first thing I'm going to say. If you've already talked to this person, right? If this person is being passive aggressive, you know, if this person has agreed to do certain things, you know, upkeep around the, the apartment or house that they haven't done, then this only tells me that this person thinks you're a sucker, is taking <laughs> you for granted. And I don't know your financial situation, um, but the way to stop stressing about it and the short and long term is start making a plan to get the fuck out of there. Right. Yeah. If it's possible in the short term, you know, while you're working out a way to move out um try to spend as little time when this person is there at the apartment or house try to spend as little time there as possible but you know you like you're saying like coming from a bar at 4 a.m bringing a bunch of people you can't really take a walk around the block until they leave you know what yeah. i mean mm -hmm. um so i would just start uh if you don't smoke weed uh smoke weed if you can't smoke weed i understand completely if it gives you anxiety whatever but uh, smoking weed is a, is a great de-stressor but seriously though like start like making plans to get the fuck out that's there's no other way that you're gonna be less stressed about that unless you start thinking about getting the fuck out of there because this person is probably not going to change that's really smart just getting your yeah. exit strategy together and having that be at the front of your mind whenever shit starts really popping off you come right. home and there's fucking pile of dishes in the sink and you go you know what i'm out of here in three months exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm about to get the fuck out anyway you got something to kind of look forward to and remind you that this isn't like the eternal situation you're going to be living with. I, I feel that too. I have had a shitty roommate situation and yeah, there is no changing the person, especially <laughs> no. if you were on the younger side, uh, as I was when this was going on, like people got to figure their shit out and that takes people a long fucking time. Some people just don't figure it out. Some people are fine with shit being all over the place, you know, and that, that matchup when it doesn't happen like that just is going to be ugly in mm -hmm. terms of like mitigating it in the meantime though aaron's ideas on stress relief are very good just get cheaped the fuck up green out for three <laughs> months fuck this shit but like other things my life hack for like a bad roommate or like construction outside or anything where like there is noise people over at four in the morning it's driving you fucking crazy look up some sure sc215 in-ear monitor headphones they're like 80 <laughs> bucks they're very good and it's like an earplug with like a speaker in it basically oh, and if you shit. play white noise in that fucker you can't hear anything it nice. is incredible and so you throw that out if you got to sleep, they're comfortable enough to sleep in, play some fucking music or whatever. Because I find that I have big anxiety. I've talked about this a lot, and I have a tendency to really stew on things. And mm. I would be like you in this situation. I'd be like, God fucking damn it. I told him this many times. What yeah. am I going to do to get him to move these dishes? I'm going to have to be doing the dishes. Just going in your head. And that would tend to be triggered if I'm like in my room chilling. And then I hear the sound of my roommate like making a bunch of food and not cleaning fucking any of it up. You, know? <laughs> you just kind of remove that trigger for the thoughts to spiral because like it's the thought spiraling alone that is kind of the biggest problem. Yeah, exactly. Is that that disrupts you and puts you in a bad mood and makes it hard to like think straight and do the shit that you need to do. Uh, so earplug headphones, fucking check that stuff out. Uh, any anything to maybe make your own room like more of a 
standalone space like can you get a little mini fridge going like anything you could do to make it a little more self-contained so you don't have to share mm-hmm. the common area so much that's another option if you have the space for it mm-hmm. uh but those are my kind of mitigation ideas in the in the meantime too i am you a shitty roommate a 1,000 milligram you. edible. That'll take you three months. Audrey, you're the shitty roommate. Yeah, I am the shitty roommate. I don't have anything for you. I, <laughs> I am. So this is your shitty... This is your... This is so. This is someone... This is your roommate writing about you. They, they Could be. Injured. I am <laughs> difficult to share space with. <laughs> but seriously, though, like... Yeah, like, definitely start making plans to get the fuck out. Yeah, like I mean, like, you can't... You know... You you maybe I don't even think you can change a person, but I hesitate saying that, you know, because um, I'm sure like, you know, there have been experiences that people have had with relationships, you know, where they were able someone was able to change. But this is not a, a romantic relationship. Yeah, I would even say this is platonic. This seems passive aggressive. This person has no <laughs> obligation to do anything that you want them to do. Right. And also, especially as you were saying, Donovan, if it's a situation where you're the younger like roommate. You know, um, yeah, get the fuck out of there, man. Like, uh, and if it's, you know, I don't, I hope too that this is not a person who's like was your best friend or a close friend because that yeah. can be hard too. Yeah. You know, um, hopefully this is somebody that you just ended up moving in with. But um, yeah, get the fuck out of there, man. Every time that you get stressed out, just think, hey, I'm gonna be out of here soon. You know, having a light at the end of the tunnel definitely helps with that. Yeah. So, all things are temporary, including this shitty roommate. But I do know how fucking stressful this is, so I, I I hope some of this advice we gave you helps in as much of a way as you can, like just mitigate how shitty this situation is. Uh, yeah. But in the meantime, yeah, fucking start looking up apartment listings. Maybe you can find a fucking cool place or something. And if you're getting a head start on that, like that's that's always better than like having to find a place like the end of a lease or something. Yeah. And also, too, one more thing too, especially if like you feel the need to like you know, tell your partner, um, you know, vent, which we all do. But remember that when you're spending time with your partner, um, venting is fine, but that's also time away from your roommate that you you should enjoy, you know, to escape outside of the situation. So you don't want to get yourself upset again by leaving the house to chill with your partner only to complain about like, like, you know what I mean? Why you fucking hate being at your house, you know? So enjoy that time to like not be there with your shitty roommate. Your roommate's living fucking rent-free in your apartment. Don't let him live rent-free in your head. Hell yeah. Hell Take, yeah. Taking his ghost to your dates. Hell yeah, I like that. No, that's that's something I have been working on recently is like not only mo- like working through anxiety situations, but being better at chilling. Like actually fucking decompressing in the chill time and not sitting there stewing over things like half yeah. watching a movie and then you feel like shit afterwards and it just keeps fucking snowballing so i do that shit all the time i swear like i'm like you know i'll be laying in bed like thinking about something it's like arthur hand you know the arthur meme where he's clenching his fist <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? i'm like laying in my bed fucking doing that thinking about how much i've been pissed off all day it's like no that's not fucking that's not healthy for your mind or your soul for your juju it's for your inner juju man it's not it's good. just not good maybe you know, i i throw this recommendation at everything because it has helped me with a lot meditation and yoga other just direct addressing stress mm-hmm. type things you're practicing not letting like those kind of cycling thoughts take over and like drive you're kind of practicing disengaging from those and the better you get at doing that the easier it is to properly chill and be able to recharge and then it makes handling all this a lot easier Exactly. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, good fucking times. Aaron, thank you for coming on. You have been <laughs> excellent like last time. Oh, Yo, glad to have you like, back. I told you guys that I had um I had a shitty day yesterday, you know, and like yeah. uh like I don't know, I guess like just being here talking to you guys kind of made me forget about all that, you know. Oh, um, I'm glad you No, here. no, seriously. No, I really did. I mean, like again, like the first time I came on, like I really enjoyed it because like I said, like I have to pretend to be smart. Like when I go on other shows and I'm like not smart, you know what I mean? Like I just read a lot uh, and like kind of remember shit. And it's nice to like kind of talk to you guys and get away from that, but also work out my own problems oh, as yeah. in real time, which I, <laughs> I got advice from y'all like trying to give advice to other people. So I appreciate that. We say that after we're done recording a lot of times, like we'll both have a bad day and at the end be like, God damn, I feel so much better. Yeah, yeah this is like a therapy session. You know? <laughs> like, 
That's our secret is that part of the show is that it's benefiting us. Yeah, <laughs> help, help yeah like, fuck France. the questioner. It's fuck the people getting questions. So fuck <laughs> Just throw me your fucking angst and all your pain so that I can fucking absorb it like a fucking vampire, an emotional sponge, and just fix my own problems. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Thank you for everybody who asks questions. And good luck. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, Aaron, where can people find your stuff? And do you have anything else you want to plug? Uh, people can find me on Twitter at, um, at Paradoomer. Uh, that's P-A-R-A-Doomer. And then uh, they can check out the Trillbillies. That is uh, T-R-I-L-L-B-I-L-L-I-E-S. The Trillbillies. Trillbilly Workers Party. You can find it on uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, all that shit. And... Uh, I got a Substack, so I mean, if you just go to my Twitter, you can just. Uh, I only have one. I only have one uh, article that I've written because I have to get off of my Simpsons shit and uh, <laughs> actually fucking do something productive. It's been a year since I've written anything, but um, yeah, you can just go to my Twitter, Paradoomer and the Trillbillies, and check me out like every week or so. I record with them about once or twice a week, or sometimes like every other week. So yeah, check that shit out. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! yeah. Well, we got to do some shout outs as well. Audrey, who are we shouting out? We're shouting out our day one Patreon supporter, Barb. We're shouting out Spreadable Fruit. We're shouting out Daddy Dylan. <laughs> We're shouting out my dad. We're shouting out from episode 105, The Yellow Rose of Toteland, <laughs> Ryan, Rich Homie, Click Clack. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, those were some good shout-outs. Uh, if I was listening to the show, I'd sure want that to be me. And oh, what? It can be you. Yeah. Head on down to patreon.com slash RFTB. $5 a month, you get a bonus episode each week. $10 a month, we'll say your dang name. Maybe we'll even put a sound effect on it. And what could be better than that? What could be better? <laughs> Audrey, who did our intro music? It was me. I did and, the intro song. And where can they find you? soundcloud.com slash rftb and you can find our wait our outro music our outro music is the song stephanie by the hayfellows and you can find them at instagram.com slash the hayfellows or on spotify by typing in those words and finding them the hayfellows can i just give another big thank you to aaron thorpe for joining us on the program yeah, 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 no, yeah, thank yeah, you guys yeah, for having yeah, me back yeah, yeah. so much here. and uh, i'm down to come back like anytime so uh hell yeah i'll just hit me that. up and like i'll come back man this love is tight. to hear that Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. We also love to hear uh, from our listeners. Uh, so thanks for writing in, uh, everybody who did. Uh, we really appreciate you helping out with the show. And uh, I appreciate everybody for listening. And I want to give you a big smooch. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to get right up on this microphone. I'm going to be like, I love you. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Bye.